Thanks for coming to hear the quote on the street. I am and fast forwarding to the end of my introduction, seeing what fate puts in my mouth. Me, click host, Vince, and right over there, way up high in the sky, waxing and waning all over the place is your phase host, Josh. Uh, what's up today, what's, Josh? How's it going, man? How's the week? Yeah, it's, it's fine. It all came. It all came together. That's good. <laughs> Enjoying your little vacation. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, the vacation kind of just starts today. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the first day that I could just sit around, do my own thing. Yeah, so that was that was nice. Yeah, I bet. It's always it, nice when you yeah. get a day to yourself of your vacation time. Isn't it, though? Yeah. It's like this weekend, I was the first and, uh, one I didn't have to do anything in. It was so nice to just sit home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think other than the wedding this Saturday, this is one of the only weekends in the summer that we don't have something going on already. That's good. Like it's, nice. it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but this is, you know, court on the street. Um, each week, Josh over there and I uh, pick a word from the puzzle word game Quirtle, and we talk about whatever the hell we can based on it. Uh, the words this week are coming from May 29th to June 4th. If you want to see those, head on over to our Twitter, uh, where we'll post the list of words on Saturday, hopefully. And uh, yeah, that's that's about what we do. I'm starting this week, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm starting and uh, my word this week is bongo. Uh I saw the draft of the graphic that you made once you saw what my word was, and you were basically right on the money there. It's <laughs> uh, immediately what I thought of. Yeah, yeah. Bongo. I thought of the Donkey Konga bongos. Um, and that got me thinking about rhythm video games. I don't know. They've always been fascinating to me. I'm kind of a music guy, yeah. um, but, you know, very novice. So uh, rhythm games make me feel like I'm good at music. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where we're going today. Um, I guess I'll start. I will start with the uh, quote unquote brief history of rhythm games. OK, this should be interesting. Now, they've kind of been around since the 70s was when like the first Arcade machine came out with like you had to hit a button at a certain time. But do you want to take a guess at what the first video game was with rhythm game that had any commercial success? Hmm. I'll I'll give you a hint. So it's the late nineties. So late night. I mean, was it Donkey Konga? It no. Donkey Konga's on oh, four. No, no. Yeah, that's right. That came out for GameCube, didn't it? Yep. Yep. GameCube came out in two thousand one. Hmm. So it's a rhythm game from the late 90s. Uh-huh. Have I played it? I don't know if you've played it. You know it. I know it. Is it the... Oh, God. I can, like, picture the game. Is it, it kind it, of fighting game based? No. Oh, what's the game I'm it thinking? Just, it just got re-released recently. Is it Super something? Nope. No? Oh, no, I'm not thinking of are you, that. Are think. you thinking of Super Puzzle Fighters? Yes. That's what yeah. I was thinking no, of. No, that's... It's not a rhythm game. There's music in it. It's very, you know, thematic music. But no, you're not doing stuff to the beat of the music. Uh, Actually, not a bad guess for the era. The game that really kicked off this genre was Parappa the Rapper. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely know that one. <laughs> yeah, I know you. <laughs> After we drove, what, 45 minutes to go get, get that copy of it? No, that was Intelligent Cube. Oh, that was Intelligent. Yeah, that was Intelligent Cube. Yeah. Parappa the Rapper was the game that you gave me as a congratulations for working at Replay. Yes, because you Gift. wanted it. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I remember that. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And Parappa the Rapper itself was a long time ago. It came out for the PlayStation 1 in 1996. Yeah. It's wow. actually. It was a early. little later than I would have expected this genre. Yeah, it's it's early. I I did expect Dance Dance Revolution to have come out before then, though. You know, it's um, not like it starts in the arcade, but yeah, but I, in Japan, arcades are still big to these days. Anyway, DDR seeing the commercial success of Parappa the Rapper, uh, Konami releases Dance Dance Konami. Someone releases Dance Dance Revolution 1998, and that kicks everything off yeah uh, because dance dance revolution is a phenomenon yep. uh came, comes out in the arcades in 1998 doesn't make its way over to the states until i think 2002 but ddr was already a phenomenon yeah. uh, before it made its way over the seas to here mm-hmm. uh, the next notable little thing oh, on here and this is where the interactive part starts Oh, interactive. Actually, it should have already it should have already started. I'm I'm a bad I'm a bad host. Jeez, how do I how do I share a playlist in, on YouTube? Oh. I have there should be like a you can go to the playlist page and just send a Yep, I got it. Link for it. All right. There you go. There's a playlist for you. Okay. I just want you to kind of go along, click through this playlist as you see fit. Um Keep it on in the background just so that you can see. It's loading. Yeah, just stuck loading. Wow, really? Yeah. Good job, YouTube. Okay, there we go. Okay, Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, so that's Parappa the Rapper. I don't know if you... Have you actually ever played Parappa the Rapper? I watched you play it. I never played it. Yeah. Oh, is this all... Is this a bunch of different rhythm games? Yes, it is... My little showcase of rhythm games that I'm about to talk about. Okay. So, yeah, Parappa the Rapper is going, and you see it's very rudimentary, right? Like, if you click through to about the middle, like, it's call and response. So you see what's coming up, up in the top, and then you have to do it. And it's really janky. I mean, I don't know what the polling rate on the PlayStation was, but it is basically random whether you hit the notes or not so you can tell this is really the first yeah uh first take at it so if you go on to the next game though this is where stuff starts really taking off uh this is a game called frequency uh i don't know if you've ever played this game you might have seen me play this game before too nope never seen you play it and i don't even know if i've heard of it so this game is the first game that a little studio called harmonics releases oh isn't that just a coincidence yeah so this game basically you're in this uh whatever octagonal tunnel and there's eight tracks for each song that you're playing and you are pressing square triangle or circle in order to hit the notes that are on the tracks and you are building 
the song track by track. It's a really weird game because you don't get to hear the whole song all at once. In fact, if you watch this video all the way to the end, you probably won't have a chance because I think it's like four minutes long. Yeah. But uh, they only finish building the track at the very end of the song. So like it's a rhythm game where you don't get to hear the song. Hmm. It's it's a very weird one. But this is what kicks off Harmonix's career. Uh, I wonder if they did it that way because it gives them it gave them the opportunity to use songs, but probably without getting licensing. You never actually hear the. Well, they certainly they certainly had to request these these things from the artists like these are real stems from the song. Yeah, like this is not like isolated audio where you can hear bleed from other tracks like no, they are using the stems. Hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting. Um, but this also, the song that I sent you, also starts Harmonix's relationship with the band Freeze Pop. Gotcha. That's this band. Um, so it's interesting, but again, it's kind of very rudimentary. There's three buttons that you push. Uh, you don't get to hear the whole song, so they're really trying to figure stuff out. Uh, they do release a follow-up to this game called Amplitude. So you got frequency and Amplitude. People say that Amplitude's much better, but I've never played it. Hmm. Uh, but this was 2001. So this is where we really start to, you know, pick up speed. Okay, we got Guitaru Man. This is one of my personal favorites. I had to include it on the list. Um, this came to me in a on a demo disc for the PS2. Um, but you'll see, like, this really starts to sort of expand on the formula. Uh, It's got defense and an attack phase where you're either pressing any of the face buttons coming from any direction, or you can use the analog stick to point in a certain direction and play your guitar. Hmm. Um, I definitely have seen you play this. Yeah, yeah. This this is one of my favorite games. This is a, a hidden gem that is actually truly a hidden gem. Um, not like the way that people say that Dark Souls is hidden gem, you know? Yeah. Uh, this game is wacky, too. Well, I mean, I should be uh, fair. I feel like Dark Souls 1 was at first, but then the series sure. did so well, it, it took off. Yeah. Demon Souls was, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the funny thing about this game, one of the small details that I love about this game is the main character's name is Yuan. Uh, it's pretty typical Japanese name, right? But mm-hmm. for the Amer- for the North American version, they didn't think that people would be able to say it. So they mm-hmm. changed his name to U1. <laughs> yeah, I could see that here on the... It's absolutely hilarious. They had um, little faith <laughs> in people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, that w- that is uh, Guitaru Man. Uh, and now we can go on to Donkey Konga. Uh, the clip that I put on here is actually from Donkey Konga 2, but it's all starred by Smash Mouth, so I had to include it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Donkey Konga, I think, was one of the first games to introduce like actual an actual accessory that you could play on. Yeah. Uh, instead of just using your controller, you actually are playing an instrument now. Uh, left and right, bongo, and you can clap. Um, and you can see like red or yellow tells you which side to hit. Pink means both. Star means clap. Um, And for anybody listening, uh, we'll include a link to this playlist in the uh, video description, video description, podcast notes, whatever. (laughs) Um, So you can see what we're talking about here, too. You go ahead and 
take a look at these. These are really cool games. A lot of them rely on you're not actually like moving around, so they have a lot of artistic freedom to make things look really cool looking. Uh, it's worth watching a lot of these games anyway. I definitely um, played my fair share of Donkey Konga. You did? Yeah. Who'd you know had a GameCube? Um, my neighbors, uh, DJ. Oh, yeah, his, okay. His dad bought one. He had he had that, and we used to play uh, NFL Street on that as well, which is weird to play on the GameCube. That was the first place I played it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish I had had a GameCube back in the day. Although, I don't know. I'm cool with being a PlayStation dude. So am I. Or a PlayStation kid. Yeah. Um, but then I think, okay, so Donkey Konga comes out 2004, right? Yeah. I think you know what's next. Yep. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Because Guitar Hero really rocketed this genre yep. to the moon where you could bark at it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bark at the Moon was the boss song, which I so I included it on on this playlist. Uh, man, this game was so cool. Thinking back on it, like how how many like quality of life stuff that was included in the later Guitar Hero games, the hammer ons, pull offs, tapping sections that you didn't have to strum for at all. Like those made the game so much better. But struggling with Bark at the Moon was. You said this came out what year? 2005. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So thinking back on it, I credit to a lot of my competitiveness in gaming to this. To to Guitar Hero? Yes, because it was the first game that I ever got or ever got the chance to play that I like horribly struggled with. Oh, yeah. Matt got it. Matt and his brothers got it for Christmas the year that it came out. And I was playing it over there and I sucked. I had to play on easy. Like I just couldn't do it. <laughs> and after like a week of it, they, it was just sitting there. They were sick of it. Like none of them could do it. They weren't, I was like, yo, can I borrow this? So I borrowed it from them. And I remember sitting up in my room, just drinking a ton of soda and just trying to be everything on expert, like trying to, you know, just forcing my way up to where I could get to play on expert yeah over and over and over and over again and eventually i was able to but i couldn't even do like easy when i started and it's like that was the first thing that like really infuriated me with a game like you know normally i could pick up stuff pretty fast and i was good at it but this wasn't just about the game it was about timing and listening and everything i don't know it was just the first of its kind really to for mainstream for me to deal with so i uh, I think I just thought of it when you were talking about it and like that memory came back to me of just being horrible <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there I think I was, too. And, it, you know, I was in band at the time and played video games. But putting the two together is like not a natural thing. You know, it really took something like this that made people want to play it like it's visually engaging uh it it has a has a little piece of furniture that comes with it um is it's just it's got that cool factor to it that really these types of games needed to have in order to gain traction uh guitar hero was produced until 2015 um 
I should have the Wikipedia page up to say what the last actual console version of Guitar Hero was, but you know, what am I, Einstein? <laughs> it's what it was probably what like Guitar Hero World Tour or something or probably yeah so it's probably like the wii u or something was probably like the last console to get it like that generation. 2015 yeah, yeah that makes sense to me yeah uh so yeah um and then the next obvious step is if you click on over to the next video uh we got the next obvious step here hmm. and that's rock band oh yeah um, in case anybody's not familiar with the the sort of drama in the video in the rhythm game industry uh Guitar Hero was made by Harmonix. Guitar Hero 1 and 2, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they got dropped by their publisher. Uh, so they had to scramble, find a new publisher. Harmonix ended up settling on a different publisher, I think EA. Yeah. EA. And they were like, well, since we can't make Guitar Hero anymore, we'll make the whole band. And they produced Rock Band. Uh, not only do you have a little plastic guitar that's going to sell at your garage sale five years later, but now you have drums that are impossible to sell. <laughs> impossible to sell. You're missing the kick pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Kick pedal broke in half. You had to ta- duct tape it together with cardboard. <laughs> yeah. It may, <laughs> may have happened once or twice. Yeah, that definitely happened to me. I was the drummer. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> you were the guitar player, sometimes the singer. We never really had a basis, but it, it it's so cool watching this video, watching, you know, three, four people play all at once. Like, yeah, this was also, you know, a revolution. It was around the Call of Duty revolution, too. So online gaming becomes huge. Rock band, yeah. you can expand it. It's not just guitar. Now you have a whole band. You can connect with your friends over the Internet and play all at once. It's seriously well, it, it made it a party game yeah exactly you know, it, it this is the mario party of rhythm games and that's why it was so fun because it was no longer like oh let's just play the same song and see who can get a better score it's let's just play together yeah right so yeah rock band came out it was my personal f- favorite of the two uh I, there was a little like rivalry going between rock band and guitar hero uh, there at the time yeah but uh yeah, I mean, well, because I played I played the drums on this game, like it was my favorite. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. Uh Rock Band was produced from 2007. So it took a couple of years for Rock Band to come out. Um and it was the last one came out in 2017. It was Rock Band VR, huh. which I hadn't even heard of, but Me it neither. sounds it sounds dope as hell. I can't imagine that. I mean, I can, but like I don't know if it would be good. I know. I know. Uh, and then right, I guess, following on the heels, I guess I didn't realize how much later this came. But uh, 2012 brings Rocksmith. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever play a Rocksmith game? Uh, only on like as a quick test at the store. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Because when, when it first came in and somebody was trying to trade it in and it was the first and the only time I think I took it because I realized that it was a heap of junk and nobody was ever going to buy it again. <laughs> Yeah, it Rocksmith took a long time to catch on. Um, It came out in 2012. So this was a clip of years later, five years later uh, from the initially when Rock Band came out. But people were like, what's the next obvious step? And it's playing actual instrument. 
Uh, Rocksmith was a game where you could actually plug your guitar in and play along with it. It sort of gives you tabs as you go along, tells you the fret to be on, the string to be on. It's actually a really cool game. Um, they re-released it in 2014 so that it had DLC capability, which made a lot of sense for a rhythm game where you don't want to just be stuck with 20 songs. Yeah. Um, and it is apparently a new one's being developed for 2022. Um, Hmm. they have pivoted. It is full on, uh, an education game now. Okay. uh, Because with the release of Rocksmith in 2014, people realized that, Oh, this actually is a good way to learn how to play guitar. Um, I've heard of a couple of people in like good bands that have learned to play using this game. Uh, and hopefully with their focus directly on learning, it'll be even better in 2022. I, I'm seriously consider picking it up. I mean, even it's, it's crazy to think about, but if post Malone uh, correlates him learning how to play the guitar with guitar hero. Oh yeah. Like that's, he's- that's funny. Cause yeah, that's, it's a bit of a stretch, but I, I do get it. Like you, you yeah. at least get an ear for it. Yep. Uh, and there's a video that goes along with Rocksmith. If you want to click over to that and sort of watch it at your leisure. Also. Oh, I'm, I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at this point, that was the like history. Um, I'm assuming that you haven't really paid attention to the rhythm games past Rocksmith. Nope. Um, so this being your experience. What would you say is your favorite of these? Of those, probably come, it probably comes down to Guitar Hero or Rock Band, right? I don't know. I feel like I, I like them for different reasons. But if I had to pick one, it would probably be Guitar Hero. Yeah. While I had more fun playing Rock Band, that was because I got to play with my friends. Um, mm. I think Guitar Hero was a more well done game most of the time. I feel, yeah, I feel yeah. like the notes and stuff were more responsive the guitars were way better for guitar yes. hero the guitar the rock, rock band guitars were terrible and that was probably the differentiating factor if i had to pick between one would be the equipment made it worse mm. yeah that makes sense are uh have you paid attention to any streamers doing like clone heroes he, clone hero um yes mason plays it actually oh yeah yeah does does he like dig really far into the details? Like have to have a Wii guitar, and it has to be like from a certain time. Like apparently there's yeah. a lot of like, but yeah, you yeah, never he hear anybody playing. A guitar yeah, to be able to you never it. hear anybody playing Clone Hero with a rock band guitar. You know? No, never. You know what's funny so, too is I, I still I'm one of the weirdos that like, even though they added hammer-ons and everything into. Guitar Hero throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I still strum every note when I play. Yeah. I mean, it's a safety measure. Yep. So I, I do get that. Um, I've been really, I don't know. It's hard to find because you have to find a, like a Bluetooth or uh, some sort of RF guitar to play Clone Hero, right? Like you can't yeah. use like a wired one. Yeah. So I'd really like to get into it, but I, I got to put some work into actually doing it. So whatever. uh there are a lot of modern rhythm games though this genre like evolved but never quite went away um the most obvious example the one that probably most people know these days but probably not a lot of people have actually even played is beat saber 
So flip on over to that next video. Yeah. I know you know what it is, but uh, yep. I mean, this is sort of where rhythm games become VR. Like yeah. I mentioned VR rock band, but you know, you got Beat Saber. I stopped really paying attention to the history. This is just sort of a rundown of uh, modern rhythm games. Uh, but dang, Beat Saber's cool. Yeah, my cousin Laura plays it a lot and um, Shane plays it. Yeah, I, I, this is like a must buy when I finally get a VR headset. Like hopefully anybody other than uh, than Meta will yeah. release a stand a capable standalone VR system anytime soon. But uh, yeah, it's coming. It can't be too far off. I know, but it, I've always said like if if a better competitor doesn't come out by the time the Quest 3 comes out, I'll probably get that. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Um the next game on the playlist is Thumper. Have you ever heard of this game? I feel like this game was big for about a year. Nope, never and then heard sort of, of it. fell off of everybody's radar. Never uh, heard or seen it. I'm watching the video right now. The developer describes this game as a rhythm of violence game. Okay. Um there's nothing like violent about it you're not stabbing people but it is hard on you um this is the game that i fired up when my brother got me the subwoofer system yeah for christmas like i pulled it up i fired this game up because it hits on all cylinders this the level that's on the playlist is a it's level two i kind of tried to pick like hard levels to put on this playlist so that you could see like this is what this game ends up being like um but level eight of this game is incomprehensible <laughs> to somebody who's never seen it before. Um, it's like twice the speed. The really cool thing about this game. I don't even know it, I'm watching a game looking at this. It just looks yeah. like a loop. <laughs> the, the really cool thing is it, it like trains you to listen, act, like be an active listener. Um, okay. Everything that's coming up happens first like you have a lead-in okay you know the the turns make a clap and then a few beats later you do the turn the it's only one button you're only pressing one button and then directions okay uh the notes that happen the little blue bars yeah those like are a little and you can hear that happen and it's it's really cool. So when you're playing this game, you're like really dialed in going like, OK, what's coming next? And then it throws two notes at you really quick and you're like, eh, eh. <laughs> it's it's wild and it is a hard game. I personally have never made it past level five and there's nine levels. Huh. Um, it is it is crazy and it it like takes a lot of focus and it hits you hard. It is there is violence being done to you when you play this game, but it is cool. <laughs> I've never seen it before. It's nuts. Apparently, it's also great in VR, which I wouldn't know because it's a. Uh... Oh, I actually included level eight on here, too. Go ahead and flip over to level eight. See what the hell. See if you could figure out what the hell's going on there. <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to be. <laughs> what is no, it's brutal, man. It's brutal man yeah yeah uh you can go ahead and keep watching that while i uh sort of lead into the next game uh the next game is another vr uh, rhythm games really moved into vr um it, it just sort of makes sense uh because it's such an immersive experience 
playing a rhythm game is an immersive experience and VR is an immersive experience. So combine the two, like you have a whole experience. Um, the next one that I have, I thought was just really cool. I haven't played this one yet, but I had to include it. It's a rhythm shooter uh, called Pistol Whip. Yep, Shane plays um, this too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Loves this it. game's cool as Loves hell. It. He takes his lunch break and plays. Wow. Like, they get some because he works from home, so that's how he gets his exercise in. He'll play a half that's an cool. hour of Beat Saber or Pistol Whip or something on yeah. the Oculus. No, I don't. I kind of don't get this game like just watching videos i don't think does it justice because i don't really understand the rhythm aspect to it you know like the person i'm watching like they're doing things in time but i don't see any reason that she should be yeah but i don't know that may be the sort of uh nature of just the recording of it yeah but this game is cool as hell um i'm not sure if you've heard about this next game uh have you heard about of osu nope i think Vinny said that he was thinking about getting into osu um oh it's a fucking yeah game. he has played this or you've played this i haven't no oh then he's played it, it. it's a weeb game yeah i remember yeah I've, I've watched him play this yeah this game is pretty ridiculous um yeah. so again this is another one button game Uh, And this one's like abstract. You are not on a grid. You are not walking down a hallway. It is all over your entire screen. You are going. You have to aim and hit your activation button along with this time. Uh, There's like runs. And this is apparently one of the easier courses. They go up to 10 stars. This is a five star map. (laughs) So it's it's absolutely crazy. It's like aim trainer Uh, for your brain. Yeah, basically. But aim trainer is not even enough because after you hit a certain level on this game, like six or seven or something like that, your mouse is not accurate enough. Uh, So a lot of like the professionals or even the like enthusiasts move to using like drawing pads, you know, the type of pad that you you like illustrate with. Yep. That's how they do it. Mm hmm. And it's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it looks nuts watching it. Looks actually looks it pretty fun nuts. though. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. There's something but really it, satisfying about watching it too. Like yeah, the other that is. was the other thing I would say is like while there's nothing violent of that other game, it didn't make me want to play it. Oh yeah? No. But this makes me want to play it. I get that. I get that. I think. I don't know. Thumper was really appealing to me when I heard people talking about it. I looked up a video, like I was in it. I, I had to get that game and I I did. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. Like it is kind of abstract, you know, maybe maybe next time you come out here, uh, I'll have you play Thumper because it's it's definitely worth playing. I think it is one of the better rhythm games ever, honestly. Um, but the next one is another probably one that will make you want to play it. Uh, Geometry Dash. Do you ever play geometry dash like no nope. this is kind of do you know about it i'm watching it yeah it, it, it just like looks like flappy bird this is it's kind of the game that flappy bird was based on um so this is where rhythm games are at these days honestly you're either like a totally immersive experience or it's a mobile game yeah like you can't sell a piece of furniture for people to buy like after rock band every, everybody who bought rock band like wanted to get rid of it at some point and couldn't. So I don't think people really 
aren't in that market anymore. No. Uh, but Geometry Dash. Yeah, Geometry Dash is awesome. This is one of the harder levels in the first game. I personally cannot beat this level. Um, and then you can go ahead and click on to the next video and see how far it's come because it is something else. <clears throat> I watched this video. Um, I feel like if you don't already have it, this this game will give you ADHD. Yeah. You know, like there's so much going on in sensory overload. There's seven or eight different modes that you have to manage with different vehicles. There's portals and. My God, this game has become so chaotic for me just trying to play through Jumper in college, like in the back of a college lecture hall. Yeah, I could never play this. Yeah, There's too much game's... going on. It's giving me anxiety just looking at it. I know, I know. <laughs> I would um, <laughs> I would download the first Geometry Dash and give that a try. I think it's free. If not, it's like one or two dollars. Um, it's a. It's a fun game. Again, it's one button because it's on the phone. Like you're just jumping, yeah, um, or changing directions, whatever. But it's it's a cool game. Uh, now on to games that I learned about by researching this. Uh, this one, this next one is called uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yeah, this it's, is weird looking. It's a really cool game. It's like a dungeon crawler roguelike uh, rhythm game. Like your actions happen on a beat. You can input your actions, but they happen like on a beat and everybody else's does too. Um, and yeah, like you go to different levels. The enemies are randomized. Loot is randomized. So it's, it's a full on dungeon crawler, but like with rhythm elements. I don't know. I'm gonna, I feel like I've, this is a game that somebody made in um, like a, like a game jam. No, no. It's a uh, God. What's that? game dev story like i feel like this is a game that somebody made in that <laughs> and then said you know what See yeah if we can actually do it because it makes no sense <laughs> um rhythm dungeon crawler yeah just ship it yeah just put new boner oh, on it and let's have it have him do yeah. his magic oh that's funny yeah but yeah i will for sure be trying this game because it looks so cool um but you know that's cool uh the last one that i have is another one that i hadn't heard of it's called sayonara wild hearts um i was looking for like modern rhythm games i couldn't find very much other than you know osu is still going on beat saber still going like active actively being developed i mean yeah. um but this one came out on switch uh one or two years ago and i included it just because it is it is like very stylistic it's hard to tell what's going on from like an actual gameplay perspective but the game itself is just like visually phenomenal hmm. um but that's kind of where my tour of modern rhythm games come from of all these ones i don't think you said you played a single one of them you probably played um beat saber before right nope no okay so you haven't played any of these nope. um, of these. Which do you think is like the most interesting to you? Which one are you jonesing to play now? Beat Saber. Yeah. Uh -huh. Is that a new thing or has that just been around? No, it's been around. This just like reinforces it. Yeah. Beat Saber is so cool because it's 
it's obvious what it is. It's obvious what is happening. It is just cool. Mm-hmm. And it gives you like, it makes you feel powerful. Yeah. They get to play like a kid again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes a bunch of sense. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much else on this. Uh, anything you got to add to this conversation? This rhythm game section? Um, hmm. I'm surprised you didn't include there's a bunch of like rhythm Tetris games. Oh, I, I, know, um, I know Vinny plays one. L- Lumens? Lumines? Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually another one that I want to say I I own on Steam. Oh, yeah? That I, used I to did play. skip DJ Hero. Um, let me see if I open it up, if I could tell you the name of it. I'm pretty sure it was rhythm based. Uh, Audio Surf? No. Maybe. Hold on. Opening audio surf is apparently like a uh yeah. yep. personal base like you can upload your own music it'll um it'll develop a map for you or something or maybe you make it i don't know yeah i uh, played eight minutes of it in oh, my Steam cool. library um yeah I, I think i got it in one of the humble bundles it was it was pretty fun yeah but you know me I wonder if <laughs> it's not competitive yeah. i don't stick to it yeah 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 you you gotta get over that i think but <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I know. I know. It's whatever. It is what it is. You do you. I'm not going to tell you that you're right or wrong for enjoying a certain type of game. That's a thing. I don't even enjoy it. It's like torment. So I don't do good. I, just, <laughs> if I don't do well. It makes me mad. Man, you seem down, Josh. Have you been playing competitive again? No. <laughs> I lost three ranks in Valorant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I think that would probably be all of mine. We 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 played a ton of rock band though. We played so much. So much rock band. Oh, I remember man. I remember getting a full clear on Enter Sandman. Uh-huh. And man, it's, it's it's an easy game, but man, it was rewarding. Yeah, because at that point we were doing, I was singing and playing guitar a lot of the time, and you were playing the drums. Yep. So it was, yeah, it was just so fun. Like I said, it was just nice to be able to do those things with your friends rather than watch them and then play it after, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what made that so exciting. It would be cool if there were another, uh, I don't know. I might consider getting another rhythm game, like furniture-based rhythm game, if it came out. I like, think that would be so cool. If somebody made a rhythm game that a lot, that worked off of like a MIDI connections. Oh, Where you, know you could what? just use whatever drum pad or whatever <sighs> keyboard or whatever, whatever that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Then it would work. Yeah. I think then it would take out. That's Clone Hero, yeah. by the way. Uh, Clone Hero has a drum mode, and you can use just an electronic drum kit, uh, MIDI-based, nice. and you can play it. I just remembered that, because uh, I was considering getting an electronic drum kit just to play <laughs> I mean, Clone you do have Hero. the space for it. It would be worth it. Not really. I, I would have to do it in my computer room. Uh, yeah. Either that or run, run an HDMI cord down from the... <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. It could work, though. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't uh, so timing based, I'd say you could just cast to it. But oh, yeah, no, cast is you know, it would be way too laggy. I can't play anything that requires any uh, level of twitch control. Um, uh, 
I can play like deck builders. I've been playing Slay the Spire Overcast. That works just fine. But yeah. uh, I don't even think I could play PGA on cast. No. Mm. Maybe the way that I play it now. I didn't tell you. I, I like cranked up the difficulty. I like joined a, a league. Yeah. And uh, they just had the uh, meter turned off. Mm-hmm. So like you don't get to see like the meter on the bottom of the screen where your swing is. You don't get to see that. You just have to do it all by feel. That's kind of cool. It is really cool. The controller like vibrates, so you sort of get a get a sense. So like, I don't have to Kicks worry the about immersion the, up. Yeah, yeah. It's it is really hard. I I have yet to no. I put like a minus two round in, but before I took that off, I was doing like minus twelve around. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, that with. Talking about PGA is how we end my uh, rhythm game <laughs> discussion. <laughs> Real smooth transition there, brother. Real smooth transitions. <laughs> hey, hey, Josh, what's up over there? What's your word? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I bounced between three, uh, one of which didn't exist. So <laughs> it sure didn't. Uh, that was a good catch by you because I had uh, typed the word out wrong. I actually felt like a jerk for for pointing that out. I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh no, man, it's a good thing you did, or my entire like little note thing would have been completely on a topic that I can't use. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this week I chose the word worth. Um. And this was after uh, I was originally going to choose drop, which didn't exist. Drops. drops. Yeah. Yeah. Drops made me think about. Uh, like limited limited run clothing oh. or specific items. You know, they do these, like, for example, uh, Brandon Sanderson does those book drops, the hard covers with the signatures, you know, does stuff like that. So I wanted to do that. And then I realized I couldn't. So then I was like, well, I can use Savvy and I probably link it that way. And I happened to see that Worth was on the list. And that really made me think about it kind of at scale. And like, mm-hmm. what is something's worth? What dictates its worth? Um, you know, is it perceived value, craftsmanship, rarity, supply and demand? Like, what to you dictates something's worth? To me personally? Yeah, to you personally. Because I feel like it's different for everybody. Um, It's hard. It's actually really hard to say. Um, For me, it's, um, I was going to say necessity. But that's not entirely true because I like things that look good too. Uh huh. I feel like I with ev- I feel like the older you get, the more this changes, and the more it becomes like based on situation. So when I was younger, it was kind of what can I get the most for out of my money, right? You know, because you have less money, you're impatient. Like, like it's just like what can I get that gets me by, does the job. Yep. But as you get older. You know, it becomes a lot about a lot more things than just does it get this job done? It's like, well, do I want to have to replace it again? Um, you know, is this a reliable brand? Like, I mean, just for example, when we went to go look at the vacuum cleaners for you guys, mm-hmm. you know, like all the different things you're looking into. Um, and I think the way that people perceive values dictates what they purchase. Yeah. So it's it's some. It's some combination of form and function, right? Uh Yeah. Or it can get you something. I guess that's considered a function. Yeah, that's true. You know, so like I would say, like, say, for example, the the Supreme brand, 
a lot of that is yep. perceived value. And because of that, they are able to take advantage of supply and demand. Yeah. So because Supreme has got this big name behind it now, they're they're able to continually to make obscure, really low run drops of items that people pay absurd amounts for. Like something like I know one of the people I watch has a Supreme hatchet. It's just a hatchet that's red that has white letterings of Supreme on it. Like you're never going to use the hatchet. It's just wow. a hatchet that says Supreme on it. And let me look now. I'm going to take a gander here at um, StockX. How do we see what that hatchet goes for now? Um, How do people even find out about like drops like that? You know, like I know that this is the way that sneakerheads are too, right? Like an artist has like a single print of this new shoe that's coming out. I, I mean, it's all like. Within the, I guess, culture. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm not really plugged in. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, sneakerheads follow other sneakerheads. Yeah. And, like, that's everyone gets talking about it and, you know, word just travels through. So, it looks like the last one that I can find on eBay sold of that hatchet sold for $350, which is a pretty. <laughs> Pretty crazy amount of money for it's not quite as much as I would have expected. Like they probably charged two hundred dollars for this hatchet. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I can't find any unless it's like under axe on here. Oh, yeah, no. Well, it looks like surprisingly that's it's not up for that much right now. It looks like hmm. you can get for one for about one fifty. But it's also Ooh. not like can't probably, afford not to buy it. Probably not what you're expecting. So it's like they're they don't have much. It's a sog axe. And it's like one piece of metal cut out with a yeah. rubber handle. Like this is exactly what I was expecting. This it's is the a cheapest. this is a twenty dollar yeah. hatchet without the supreme thing this on is, it. This is worse than a harbor freight hatchet. Yeah. So it's like people go out, out of their way for that crazy stuff. And you know, I used to be of the mindset like, God, that's I, don't, I can never understand it, but the more I started to think about like somebody's perceived value and how yeah. it's, it's not wrong, it's just to them the value they're justifying the value in a different manner. So other things matter more to them, whether it be it makes people start conversations with them, or it's a conversation piece for them to start talking about, or it makes them feel part of the culture or part of a family. Uh, so I think perceived value shapes people a lot in that manner mm-hmm. um, where my perceived value probably leans more towards craftsmanship now sure. as I've gotten yeah. older. You know, I, I value stuff that's nicer. I'm willing to like my headset that I bought. I'm willing to pay $350 for a headset instead of continually buying an $80 one every once in a while, because it's something I use frequently. Yeah. Um, whereas right. everyone else, like I tell some of my friends or even like my parents talking about it. It's like you paid what for a pair of headphones, but I use them every day or even a chair, you know, it's like a, a nice Herman Miller chair costs you what? 16 to $1,800 for a Herman Miller and body. Uh, it's like, yeah, something like that. But it's like if you sit in it for your 
if you work from home or if you do your side hustle from home and you sit in that chair for an extended period of time, like mm-hmm. if, it, if it gets you five years out of that chair for 1800, yeah. it's less than a dollar a day over that course yeah. of that period of time. So it's like, I don't know. I start, I've started trying to lean or started to lean more towards that. Any, but even in like little things, things that I don't necessarily need, I can appreciate other people's craftsmanship too. So like, for example, woodworking with the stuff that you do, like I appreciate mm-hmm. doing that. And I know I've showed you the stuff that Peter McKinnon drops, like, yep. And everything he does is like super low run. It's, it fits an aesthetic, but it's high quality. He cares about the craftsmanship and everything that he sells. Yeah. And like, there's just something appealing about that. Whereas before I would never, I didn't care. But now I enjoy those things more so than I did when I was younger. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think so. Especially the perspective that I got, you know, starting woodworking. Like I always sort of went to stores and was like, why the hell is this thing so expensive? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if this is so expensive and I think that's expensive, people are paying how much for a custom piece? Why the hell would anybody do that? And then I kept track of how much time it took me to make one of my projects. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. This thing that I just made, if I sold it, would be worth a thousand dollars. Like based on the amount of time that I put into it, if I value my time at all, and everybody should value their time in all things, no matter what, it's it's a thousand dollars to get a custom piece of furniture, no matter what. Yeah. So like, yeah, even two hundred dollars for like like an Ikea piece of furniture makes sense to me. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go make it yourself. You could probably make it yourself for only $400 more. Yeah. Like, yep. Well, except you couldn't because you need all the tools to make it as well. Okay. So $1,900 more. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. How that shifted. It does require an attention to detail that that we've lost, like, you know, not to not to be ageist or anything, but our parents generation really got into the disposable everything, disposable, this disposable, that disposable furniture even Mm -hmm. is where it ended up getting to. And it's like, it's nice to it's nice to have something sitting downstairs that I made. that's going to last forever that. I made with my own hands that technically didn't cost as much as if I went and bought it. You know, it's, it's something that I think we're rediscovering. I do think we are, uh, especially people in our age range, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's just our age range. Cause we're re- going full circle on things. Or if it happens to every like generation in this like age where you start mm-hmm. to realize that, I think also we've just been fed so much cheap bullshit through life. <laughs> yeah. That it's like you start to, you get in the workforce and then, yeah. you know, your time is controlled by work. Like you get out of high school, get out of college and you start working a real job. And like, then your life is dictated by work for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's like time becomes the most valuable thing. Yes. And I, value my time off the clock much more than I value my time on the clock. Correct. Same. 
So I think that plays a big factor into it too. It's like you have yeah. to have to, and I feel like that's what a lot of people kind of have a hard time separating themselves from and thinking from that perspective. Like if this was me on my off time, what or mm-hmm. what am I going to, what is enough money for me to spend my extra time doing this? Right. And if, and if you're, if that's what it's going to take to get you to do it, then that's what that person's worth. Like yeah. if you're not willing to go in to work for $50 an hour extra over, you know, over your normal thing, mm-hmm. then why should that person, other person that's doing something that you can't and is perfected crafts by doing yeah. it over and over again, why shouldn't they get 50 an hour or more? Yeah, I know. And I feel yeah, like we're starting I, to really realize that. Yeah. When I say I, that thing that I made, that pantry that I made would cost a thousand dollars. That was estimating my time at like $30 an hour. Which is yeah. not enough. No, not even close. So, like, it's it is crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really do appreciate it. Even, even outside of like handcrafted stuff, like you were saying with headphones, right? Like, yep. just stuff that is built a little better. Uh, my father, my whole childhood, not my whole childhood, because we didn't have a Walmart in our town. Growing up, but as soon as the Walmart went in, he started going down to the Walmart buying $15, $20 shoes and yep. he would blow them out in a year and he would buy another, he would blow them out and buy another. And then those ones would only last three months and then he would buy another. And he mm-hmm. was like, why would I spend any more on shoes? And I'm like, just spend $60 on a pair of shoes. And that first pair of $60 shoes that he bought after I convinced him to, he still has <laughs> like 10 years later. Yeah, makes a huge difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. There definitely is, you know, designed inflation on on things. Oh, yeah. You know, they they know that it's a more premium. So you're paying more than just right. for the premium. You're paying for the idea of a premium yeah. as well. There's there's diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Aaron Miller chairs or Herman, Herman Munster Miller. chairs. Herman Munster. Yeah, Herman Munster. Uh, chairs. Uh, <laughs> They're not worth whatever, $1,600, $2,000, but there are levels to these things, right? Like if you get a $100 chair, it is horrible. And then I feel like if, because I'm shopping for one right now, it feels like the next threshold is like $400. Yeah. You spend $400 on a chair and it is significantly nicer, will last significantly longer, will be better in all ways, just it is is hands down. There's no reason not to spend four hundred on a chair that you're gonna sit in every single day. Yeah. Uh, and then like above that, once you hit a thousand dollars, like there's almost no reason to go above that. You're gonna get everything that you need. The only thing that you're paying for at that point is the prestige. Yeah. And that's where I stop seeing value. I think. Um, this is a little similar to one of my backup topics. I was gonna choose what was it grade was this week Um, i was going to choose like things that have these grades these gradations of quality Uh, because i heard somebody recently talking about foam and they were like i didn't even know there were different qualities of foam Hmm. i'm like there's different qualities of of everything everything and chairs like there's different levels there's different thresholds that you can hit that get you the next level of quality 
Yeah, I had to actually just have this conversation with somebody else that I know, and it was kind of about so about hard drives and RAM. Oh and, yeah, and like so Amazon has started doing. I don't know if you've seen, but they have like their Amazon Basics line of computer parts. Oh my god! So like RAM, hard drives, like all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I bought some Amazon Basics RAM, and it's it didn't work, and I had to send it back, and like the sticks didn't have the same sticker on them, like. <laughs> What's going on? I like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like CRD tier RAM. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's only like, what, four or five companies that produce RAM and hard drives, that kind of stuff. And like, they grade them out. So like, there's certain. Hold on. Are you talking hard drives or just like solid SSDs? SSDs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they like, like Samsung will make a group of uh, their new m.2 980 drives and they bring them through and there's a bunch of check marks that they have to meet and if they don't meet one they get put in the b tier and if they don't meet two they get put in the c tier they don't meet three Mm -hmm. they get put d tier and they still all work just not to the numbers that they need and then they sell those bins off to your pny your a data your amazon that stuff and they just white label them and sell them off and like i had to explain that to them like you're getting your RAM for $40 from Amazon because they bought a massive bin. They stick their sticker on it and they sell it. <laughs> off the, it doesn't off matter the to barely them. passed yeah. stuff. Off the, I mean, it still passes fine. I'm sure he just got an unlucky defect on what he bought. But yeah. I mean, they're not out there. Like the D tier stuff is still workable things. It's just yeah. you're not going to get the performance out of it that they would char- be charging for their brand. I mean, they have to, you know, they're not just going first to that product. It's, you know, you're sticking up for your name, putting value on it by what you sell. So they they tear them out. That's kind of the same thing. Like you can get that a data hard drive and it might be fine or it might shit the bed on you in six months and you lose (laughs) everything that you had on it. So like granted, there's no way to tell. And the same thing could happen on one of the other ones. It's just they are much more careful with the ones that they yeah. stick their names on. Yeah. I mean, those um, third parties, I guess you would call them second parties, whatever. Yeah. They, they buy from the bins, right? So like, yeah. that's, that's kind of the uh, catch with them Yep, is if you're buying something from um, say crucial, yeah. right? Cause I think a data may be a first party. But yeah, they could be. I was just using like, them as an example. Right. But like Crucial buys their stuff from whatever, Samsung. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, if you're paying close attention and you see the thing from Crucial that says exactly what it is, like they, they'll always put the specs on there. Yeah. But you have to pay way more attention mm-hmm. buying from them. So, yeah, it's kind of the same way. Like you can buy it from Ikea. You can get some pretty nice stuff from Ikea, uh, but you got to pay real close attention to what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting one of the butcher's blocks from Ikea, like a butcher's block is a butcher's block. It's going to be solid wood. But yeah. if you're getting anything else, it is MDF mm-hmm. or worse. I mean, that's what my I, desk is now. Yeah. And, and it probably sags a little, right? It doesn't sag because I don't really have much heft on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, my biggest complaint is with the clamp for my microphone over time, the weight of the microphone actually made the bottom portion of the clamp push in the yep. desk so it like started folding in on itself yep just so, let me know when you're gonna get that new arm and i'll 
I'll make you that washer so you don't yeah. spend $40 on a two by two uh, piece of steel. <laughs> you quiet your mouth. <laughs> then, you know, so I was jotting these ideas down when I was thinking about the topic. And the next little snippet I had was about rarity and like how that drives stuff up. So there's there's perceived value and craftsmanship that definitely make them go up. But then there's also rarity. And I mean, mm. that's dictated by like one, it's dictated by the what somebody's willing to pay. But two, like it's just something that's not made anymore. You know, yep. it, the value is going to go up because if there's people that want it, can't get it anywhere else, you can kind of control the price. It's kind of what, you know, they're doing with NFTs and what they did with art. <laughs> You know, you do, you can make perceived value because you only have the one of something. And if people want it enough, it's whatever they're willing to pay. Yeah. The NFTs are particularly stupid, though, because yeah. like, ugh, it's, it's so I, yeah. whatever. I don't know. If, I don't know how much you know about them or what you've done. So like, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a fan of the utility and I understand where they can go and the technology and what it can do. But right now it's a lot of cash grab. I have not heard a single person just effectively describe what is an actually useful use for uh, an NFT. Everything's going to be NFTs in the next five years. So but why? Like concert what tickets. Is, it's what a, is useful a, about them? It's a digital block it's a digital it's like key that says you own something so okay tickets will be given to you and unless they're transferred off of the blockchain to somebody else you always own them so you'll be able to get tickets to concerts and everything done through there and it proves them the biggest thing that i have to see with utility wise is selling nfts that come with something so you can write in like say an artist sells uh a, a painting right and they also make an nft of that painting right and say down the line 50 years from now that painting is the next mona lisa in that in that nft you know, there's a smart you can have what's called a smart contract so that artist could put a clause in there that says that the person that only the person that owns the NFT actually has the rights to this painting. And they could also write in that anytime that there's a transaction on the blockchain chain for that item, they get a royalty on it. And it's written into the smart contract stored in the block chain. So so an artist sells a painting 50 years down the line, it's the next Mona Lisa. They had a 10% royalty charge on it and it sells for a hundred million dollars they're getting 10 million or it's not moving off the blockchain. So it can be done in large scale like that, or it can be done in smaller scale for like events. Mm. Um, it's going to be different, just different ways of people holding on to things. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I, it's, it's a digital lockbox that is cloud-based basically. Mm. I mean, that was the best way I've seen it explained. I guess, I guess that's the closest that anything's ever come to seeming useful to me with NFTs. I still, it's not. Well, so like, say, so say for this, okay, this is, this is why I'll say it's going to happen. So live nation, right? No. Yeah. This, all, this one is the most obvious one to me. I, I get this. They make all their concert tickets NFTs, which means the, there's no more scalping. Unless, okay, but they're not going to do that because that would mean that not necessarily everything's going to sell out. Right. Like Live Nation 
right now has the system that they could crack down on scalpers, but they're not gonna because they know they're gonna get their money. Oh yeah. Every every ticket's gonna sell out and then it's gonna get resold on StubHub. Mm-hmm. The bills, the bills, you almost can't buy a first party ticket from the bills. Almost no. everything goes through Ticketmaster. Yeah, it does. Because what is the value for them of not just selling everything and letting scalpers have their way? There's no value for them. And there wouldn't be any value even with an NFT no, based system. So here's backing the thing. System. Yes, there still would be because they could still let it happen. It won't stop them. But now they get a percentage anytime that person sells it. So, uh, so a scalper buys the ticket, they make mm. their money. Okay. And then they get the 10% of whatever that scalper sells the ticket for. Okay, I I guess I can see where so that you buy comes it from. for fifty. The scalper sells it to somebody for one fifty, and they get fifteen dollars off of that if it's a ten percent. Now they've made sixty five on that fifty dollar ticket. So it can be a small number, but over time, it's going to make a big number. <laughs> yeah, I I get that. That makes sense to me. That does make sense. So I think that would that, be cool to see the first person who actually implements that. It's going to be Mark Cuban, isn't it? Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that's going to happen. You know, yeah. every, I feel like everything's going to be that way um, to be able to provide stuff. Like, uh, for example, you sell something, you make a piece of furniture, you could do the same thing. I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to be you're more you do it hobbyist and stuff. But say you are a big time furniture maker and somebody that charges yeah. $50,000 for this one of a kind piece of furniture. It comes with the NFT. The only way you're allowed to sell it is if you sell the NFT. Like that's the only way you can prove that you own it, which means if the person sells it to you and gives it to you and they don't sell you the NFT, they could come back at it and and legally Mm. take it back from you. I don't like this system. I miss uh, being able to buy something and own it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely going to be there's going to be people that take advantage of it and go too far. But I think there is a lot of utility that's available that we're going to figure out. Uh. I don't know. Just like selling something like what you said, like it would be fine, I guess. But it just it's just going to lead to more. I don't know. Like like what we were saying, right? It's going to lead to everything being disposable. You're not. That's how people have treated housing, too. Like what you're saying, like someone could get a God. It just it gives me it gives me chest pains just thinking about it. I just. Want to, I just want people to go back to buying things and owning them. Yeah. No subscription services. No reselling. No. That'll never happen. I don't know. People have just realized the easiest way to make money is to just take advantage of each other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just call it what it is. Yep. And we see it more yep. than ever. But, I mean, to be fair, that's what made me want to come back here to home. <laughs> is like there's more of a of a that kind of sense here like owning something yeah. it's not yeah. as commercialized mm-hmm. everything's not throw away cardboard cut out houses like you know you yeah know, down south some of these houses like there's mm-hmm. some around here where they look identical but you go down south and you drive into a thing a development and it's like every house is just a carbon copy of the one next to it yep yep that's how it is out here in rochester every single time you see Houses getting built. They're being built by the same developer. You know, they have different plans. Everybody thinks that they're getting their own unique thing. But every single one of them, the, the way that I spot them is that 
they don't have windows on one side of the house. Take take a look okay. at, at any of those developments that you see going up. They will not have windows on one side of the house. It's a cost-saving method. They put all the guts in the house in that one wall and then seal it off. Maybe there's a small bathroom window, hmm. but they it it's just the most obvious sign that that house was made cheaply to sucker some sap into buying it and thinking that they're in some sort of neighborhood where you know then their neighbors will yell at them for not bringing their garbage can in soon enough <laughs> yeah you know, yep it's like i don't know i don't know we got it's off weird. on quite the tangent I, there <laughs> we, what no this is entirely relevant <laughs> it's not entirely different than what you're talking about i mean like no, we're, we're talking about you know things that we are coming to value once again and things that are becoming less valuable it's like yeah Where's there's a balance point somewhere in here that we'll reach um hopefully before um, there's just so many things weighing Yellowstone on it. explodes. Yeah. There's just so many different things weighing on it. Then it's like yeah, you know, you got your I feel like supply and demand and rarity kind of go to the, together. Mm-hmm. In that sense. I mean, look at the graphics card market with yep. all those being gone on shortages. And it's like that's a perfect example. There's people out there paying Fifteen hundred yep. for that thirty eighty that we saw in Best Buy the day I was out there with you. Oh, that was a thirty seventy, was it? No, that, yeah, so that it was, was a thirty. 30 it was a thirty seventy for that, that price. That was water cooled. Yeah, no, was, I don't think so. I think yeah, it, was it was just a tough. I think it was just a tough gaming one. No, it was a water cooled one. I looked it up. It was a big box for a water cooled. No, no, it's it's like AIO built yeah, onto the card, so it has a pump and every and like a radiator. And everything that goes Ugh, with it. God. Yeah, it's one of the... Um, anyway, the the market's normalizing again. If you feel like you need to uh, upgrade, now is the time for, before the economy starts seeing the neon gas shortage. Yeah. It, it's coming, too. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm good. My 2070 Super still does completely fine. Yep, yep, yep. I couldn't, I couldn't justify it. I had multiple... I had another opportunity... Like a month ago, I found a 3070 at Best Buy and I could have gotten it for like mm. 800. Yep. I'm just like, no, I just can't justify it. Not for what I play. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is like artificial scarcity, right? Yeah. Like that's, this was, that was actual scarcity. But honestly, like NVIDIA could just produce that number of cars they were able to produce this past year and sell out of them constantly all the time make their own money yeah. and move on I, i'm gotta be honest i think that's what apple does it's absolutely what apple does and you know who iPhones. else does it that people ignore though is nintendo oh no yeah Nintendo's horrible for it nintendo entirely does this they i remember doing them doing this with amiibos yeah. um when i was really into smash brothers i was looking for a specific amiibo they would only make a certain amount of them only ship a certain amount of them and then see that there were shortages. Mm-hmm. Like I knew like you could, they were going to different places at different times. They had them just, you know, they only made a certain amount of them so they could control the supply and you know, Nintendo's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think people give them a pass a lot of times, but yeah, uh, Nintendo gets a pass on everything. I feel like. 
Yeah, that's for sure. They yeah, just have such a hardcore fan base that. Yeah, I know. They'd have to do something just un- absurdly crazy for people to stop supporting them, I feel like. Do you know that the Switch save game data doesn't back up to the cloud if you don't have Nintendo Plus? Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, right? I just learned that like a couple of weeks ago. Um, Doesn't surprise me, I guess, really. Linus went off on a Nintendo's anti-consumer sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, that is pretty nasty. It's a pretty nasty thing to do yeah. to be like, we own your game data. Pff, come on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely crazy to think about. It's more and more of those, though, as we, you know, grow yeah with the internet like yeah everything we do online is owned by somebody else yeah i love seeing uh companies like scramble when they do something idiotic yeah you know like oh no we were just kidding we're actually Mm -hmm. not gonna do that happens in everything the most recent one that i can remember is taco bell with their mexican pizza Mm. they're like we're discontinuing the mexican pizza and then everybody freaked out about it and then they were like, yeah, sorry, we misjudged. Apparently, the demand for this thing is about seven times higher than we thought that it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, OK, at least they owned up to it. But like, I love seeing companies get caught in their own bullshit. Well, it's like, I know this isn't completely the same, but and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but like Walmart <laughs> just got caught up. They made Juneteenth ice cream. Walmart brand Juneteenth ice cream, little like quart size things, and we're and put them out to sell them, and, like just mass shipped them to every Walmart. Okay, and I'm like, what's it called? Juneteenth. <laughs> I don't see the issue with that on face value. Um, is it? Oh, it's just because they're look they're trying. Okay, no, I got it. Yeah, I, I got there. They're looking to profit on this thing. Yeah, they're just. Look, it's it's just pure profiting. It's just what's the celebration bro- edition Juneteenth ice cream? They just throw the that on there, make it the colors, and and that's it. Yeah, they're literally just trying to profit off of something that's supposed to, <laughs> supposed to be a celebration, and they're just yeah. trying to make money on it. Didn't, so like they're getting huge backlash over it. It's like, come on, you had to know that was going to happen. Didn't Walmart also do the we got the freedom? Yeah. Uh, things. Yep. <laughs> that one was egregious like you didn't know market you didn't you didn't ask a single black person if we got the freedom is a good slogan no yeah their marketing team was not the brightest it doesn't seem like <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> i mean i mean they all live in arkansas so i mean just look at the can you are you watching the stream do you see the container yeah i know what what flavors even is it like i'm sure it has to tell somewhere it did say on the side. I couldn't quite read them. It's rolled red, red velvet. velvet and cheesecake flavored ice cream. It's, it's 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 just a chocolate and vanilla swirl. Yeah. Wow. Brutal. Yep. yep. Celebration <laughs> edition. Juneteenth TM. Yeah. They trademarked Juneteenth. I don't know. Either that or somebody else did, and they got the rights to it from them. One of those two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck right off. Yeah, just seeing them. But yeah, uh, that made me chuckle. I'm like, God, how do you, how stupid are you? And they also have this one too. I don't know if you, uh, the pride ice cream. They're just straight coming for the value. Wowzers. Yep. 
Well, I think mm. that's probably a, a decent spot to end it today. I, that sums yeah. up what I have. That'll be nice. You, at least you reminded me of Juneteenth. Like, I don't profit off it or anything, but at least I get it off this year. Right. I mean, that was. I go. I go back to. Okay, I'm on vacation this week. I think I go back to work. Work two days. Two days off. Work two days. Weekend. No. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a fun week. Yeah, that should be a a pretty fun week. I'm gonna. You should should be able to have a nice a nice little on and off. I don't get any any of the yeah. I guess non traditional holidays. The secondary holidays. Yeah, like uh, you know the ones that, like I don't get President's Day or anything like that. I get Christmas, yep. Thanksgiving, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah, so I, I got. Memorial Day off, so I didn't have to spend eight hours on this vacation. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was nice. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess we're wrapping it up then, huh? Yep. Cool. Like to, we can we'll uh, keep it under keep this record session under two hours. Yeah, try to. <laughs> like to give some acknowledgments. Uh, acknowledge Josh Wardle, the original creator of Wardle, and Freddie Meyer, the creator of Quartle of which we are based upon. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Cordal. If you enjoy this content or you play Cordal, be sure to donate him a coffee. Uh, we definitely have, and then it goes a long way to help keep the game around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find us on our socials on Twitter at Cord on the Street, Q-U-O-R-D on the S-T. Uh, Instagram, we're not very active over there, but hopefully we'll get back on it. Uh, at Cord on the Street, spell it all out. Uh, what you can watch us? I mean, we're not doing video, but you can listen to us on YouTube slash Cord on the Street if you are listening to us over there. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, and a comment. Um, and wherever you're listening to us, whether it be Apple Podcast, Good Pod, Spotify, uh, whatever else lets you, please leave a review. We would love to hear uh, what we can do better. Yeah. If you have any long form content that you want to send our way, if it's something that can't fit in a little review or you have an idea for a topic for us, you can go ahead and email us at cord on the street at gmail.com. And we are in the process of working on our website, cord on the street dot X, Y, Z. Hopefully that will be up relatively soon. Any day now. <laughs> you can Any get us week on, now. Get us on our personal Twitters. I'm at I'm Scuzzy. I M S K U Z Z E Y. And I am at V underscore C. Spell out the underscore. And with that, we'll just ask you to help us get, get the, the cord out. out.